0: Yo fam, Coach Sam with Strong Gens Coaching here with another solo episode to give you some information on health and fitness. Um, It is the Sunday, it is the night of Easter Sunday, so I hope you guys had a good Easter and a good Passover if that's what you celebrate or just a good weekend in general. Um, and we're going to start the week off right with some good information. So listen to this podcast fully all the way to the end. If you enjoyed it, please share it on your social media or send a text to your friends to check it out. I really appreciate the support. If you can leave a review, that would be amazing as well. Um, again, I really, really, really enjoy reading the reviews. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please send us an email at strongjenscoaching@gmail.com. At I'm always open to suggestions and questions. Um, about health, fitness, and our program in general. Uh, So again, stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. And if you're interested in our program where we help men get physically, mentally, and socially, economically stronger in life, you can also send an email to that address. Um, So today we're gonna be going over a few things. Um, Number one, we're gonna be going over the number one ingredient to achieve your goals, which most people miss. Um, They just, they, they don't understand um, that this is the number one thing that's going to get them to where they are. They try so many different things and it never works because they, they miss this one key ingredient. And then I'm going to go over some questions that I had asked, um, that people have asked me over text message and uh, DM, et cetera. So um, what is the number one ingredient to achieve your goals and have some success in terms of um, getting along in your physical health and your fitness? Well, A lot of people think they need something special, something fancy. Uh, They need a new workout program, this new crazy diet. They need to follow all these people yelling at them through the phone on Instagram to get them motivated. Um, And some of that stuff can be used here and there, but it's not what's going to get you to achieve your goals. Um, The number one ingredient to get you to achieve your goals is consistency. Now, consistency does not mean perfection. You don't have to do something perfect over and over and over and over and over again. You just have to do the goddamn thing that is going to get you to your goal more times than not. So you got to be consistent with it, okay? A lot of people, let's give the example of losing weight, right? Um, A lot of people who are trying to lose weight will do something for a week or two, maybe a month or two, um, maybe see like marginal results. They're not great. They're they're pretty small. But then they give up because they, they resort back to their old habits because they're getting frustrated with the fact that they haven't seen the results that they want. And part, part of that is um, the fact that they set unrealistic goals, right? They picture this body um, that they maybe saw on Instagram, which is most likely Photoshopped and edited to no end. Um, and they say, oh, I want to look like that. So they start off with an unrealistic goal, and then they hop on a training and a diet program that's unsustainable, meaning it's very hard to do and hard to keep consistent on, and then they don't get the results they want, they get burnt out, beat down, they lose motivation, and they end up worse off than where they started. And that's I see that happen all the time. I've been in this business a long time, a decade now, and it breaks my heart to see people um, try all this stuff, and they miss the one key ingredient, which is consistency. Because at the end of the day, although some diets are better for others, <clears throat> are better for some than others, and although some training programs may be better for some than others, um, at the end of the day, the number one thing that's going to get you to your goal is consistency. It doesn't necessarily matter what nutrition program you follow. It doesn't matter what exercise program you follow to a certain extent. Um, some will help you get to your goal faster or more efficiently or give you better results, but All of them work to a certain extent if done long enough over time with consistent effort. So there's a quote by Bruce Lee, which I absolutely love. And you've probably heard it before. And if you haven't, I want you to write it down. Okay. Bruce Lee said, he's not scared of the man who practices 10,000 kicks. He's scared of the man who practices one kick 10,000 times. That is The same exact logic when it comes to losing weight or getting healthier, so on and so forth. Now, there is a little more variables than one kick. You're going to have two variables, right? You're going to need to do consistent workouts and consistent better eating um, in order to achieve your weight loss or your body composition goals or your physical performance goals, so on and so forth. But the key ingredient there is doing the same thing over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again until you master it or come close to mastering it until you get the results that you want. And the time frame varies. And most of the time, it is way longer than you anticipate, which is okay. It's not a problem to have a goal that takes a little bit longer than 10 days to achieve. In our society today, we are so obsessed with instant gratification. It is mind blowing. People want things right away. And that's just not how things work. That's not how life works. In some cases it does. I mean, um, it's not like it can't happen, but most of the time it doesn't happen. And you should start by accepting the fact that it's going to take a little longer than you thought. Um, if your goal is to lose 30 pounds, okay, I want you to, um, think about a six to eight month range, not a 30 day range. It's unhealthy, it's unsustainable, and chances are if you do lose the 30 pounds in 30 days, you haven't established, you haven't made those new ways of eating and working out habits. You haven't made it part of your life because it's such a short amount of time that you resort back to the old ways of living and eating, and you gain all the weight back and even more. Because when you diet extremely hard and you work out extremely hard, you do some damage to your metabolism. And um, not just your metabolism, but your mindset and the hormones that you release, the neurotransmitters that you release. And these things play a big role in controlling appetite and emotional regulation, and they're very important. So, you don't want to do something so extreme. You want to be consistent, slowly alter your habits, your lifestyle, how you exercise, how you eat over time. And the slower you do it, the better refinements you can make, the more accurate refinements you can make. You don't need to make these huge jumps to get these drastic results. You slowly um, refine and tune up your diet and exercise program as you go along, but you got to be consistent, right? You can't eat a certain way for one week and then not eat that way the next week, so on and so forth. Same thing with working out. You can't have this yo-yo effect where you're on and you're off and you're on and you're off. You need to kind of block out all the hoopla okay? Stop going on Instagram and TikTok and all this stuff and finding new workouts, new diets, this, that, all these other things every single day. And you need to, one, going back to what I spoke about earlier in this episode, you need to establish a realistic goal of what you can achieve. So stop comparing yourself to others. If you are, let's say, 80 pounds overweight and you're 45 years old, Stop, and you had, let's say you're a woman and you had a baby or you're a man and you're working 70 hours a week, stop looking at that 20-year-old or 19-year-old female or male model on Instagram saying, oh, I want to achieve that body. It's unrealistic. If you're 80 pounds overweight and you're in your mid-40s, aim to lose 40 pounds in a year. Just to be healthy and look a little better. To feel good and look good in your clothes, naked, performing, um, everyday tasks. Like these things should should be uh, in everybody's interest, right? Being healthy, looking good, and feeling good, right? But it doesn't have to be super insanely drastic. You don't need to have shredded abs. You don't need to have a butt the size of Kim Kardashian. These things, although they look great on you know social media and, and uh uh, TV and all that stuff, they're, they're not real life. Like, they don't actually make you a better father. They don't make you a better friend. They don't make you a better worker. Um, they don't necessarily mean that you're the uh, picture perfect um, image of health either. Um, some of those people who are shredded to the bone and just all fitness oriented, like myself, are pretty neurotic. They have a mental, they might have some type of mental neuroticism, which I admit I do. I'm neurotic about health and, and fitness, and but mostly out of an obsession. I love this shit. But most people don't necessarily love this shit, and that's okay. So they shouldn't strive to look like someone who obsesses over every little tiny thing when it comes to health and fitness. Instead, they should make a realistic goal that is achievable in a decent time frame, 6 to 18 months. And be consistent with the actions they take in order to reach that goal. So if you're someone who's been yo-yoing and you're back and forth and back and forth, you tried this diet, you've tried the keto diet, you've tried the vegan diet, you've tried a paleolithic diet, you've tried the if it fits your macros diet, and none of it's, you know, you only follow it for a week at a time. I advise you to pick one and follow it for at least three months and just see what happens. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Think about an old-school balance scale where you got the pole in the middle and you got the two bowls on the side, right? On the left-hand side, you have bad habits. and On the right-hand side, you have good habits or bad choices and good choices, right? We want to be putting more weight, more energy, more effort into the good stuff than the bad stuff, okay? That way our scale can tip and we can get positive results as opposed to putting bad habits and, and bad stuff in the other side and make it harder for us to reach our goals. It's all about a scale, right? We need to be putting more effort and more consistency, consistency on the stuff that's going to get us to reach our goal than the other stuff that's going to take us away from our goal. And it doesn't have to be 100%, right? 60/40 will still get you to your goal, just get you there slower. 70/30 is where you should strive to be. 70% of the time you're doing the things that need to be done in order to reach your goal. That means you're more consistent with the good stuff than the bad stuff. So if you're someone who's all over the place, and you can't seem to reach your goals. My advice to you, and from an outsider looking in on so many people for the past 10 years, it really comes down to those two things. You're setting unrealistic goals, and you haven't found stuff you can be consistent with. So if you can address those two things, if you can really be honest with yourself and set a realistic goal, and then pick a couple of basic um, things in terms of health and nutrition. So just eating, let's say you just choose to eat a cleaner diet, and instead of eating out all the time, you decide to cook in more meals and you choose the lean meats or, or just good sources of protein, so meat, eggs, Greek yogurt, um, whey protein shakes, and then you eat a ton of fruit, a ton of vegetables, and some grains like rice, potatoes, even some breads here and there, but you kick out the junk food. That's something that's more sustainable and then maybe you have some junk food or some of your favorite foods here and there. Um, and then for workouts, if you got... You know four 30 minute walks in a week um, to start with, or at least three a week to start with, and you started strength training, lifting some weights, doing the basic stuff for two to three times a week. You would see, but you did that for six, eight, nine, twelve, eighteen 12, 18 months, two years, you would see phenomenal results. But you got to pick a realistic goal and then pick an easy plan for you to follow in terms of uh, what you can be consistent with in regards to. Um, exercise and nutrition. All right, it's a little bit of a long-winded topic there, but I had a couple clients this morning who were struggling with the same thing. They just keep hopping on one thing to the next to the next, and of course, they don't take my advice. Sometimes I don't know why people pay me. I tell them all the time, just you know, try one thing that I say and stick to it for a while and let's see results. Every client I've ever had who got the best results, they did the basics. They ate more healthy food than junk food. And they exercise more often than they watch Netflix. Um, (laughs) Like they chose to exercise more often than they chose to sit down and watch Netflix. The time watching Netflix throughout the week might have been more than exercise, but the times when they could have watched Netflix and they worked out for an hour instead of watching another episode uh, and they made it consistent, they got the best results. So consistency is the key ingredient to making your goals achievable. Uh, Remember... I'm not, I don't fear the man who practiced 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man who practiced one kick 10,000 times because he's going to knock my ass out. All right, um, I got some questions here. I got a question from my buddy. Um, let's see, okay. So, uh, let's see. Is training the same body part when it's still sore bad for you or is it okay to do that? Um, And should you do an alternative workout if you're still sore on the day you're supposed to do that body part? Okay, Um, so if you are a natural athlete or just a natural everyday person and you're not enhanced by steroids and PEDs um, and all those amazing magical vitamins, then you're going to be training um, with sore muscles more often than not. So soreness doesn't necessarily mean you can't work out. Um, You shouldn't be extremely sore all the time. Uh, to the point where like, you can't sit down on the toilet. That's going to happen sometimes either with new stimulus or if you had a really hard exercise or maybe you took a week or two off and you went really hard when you came back. Um, but overall, if you're getting extremely, extremely, extremely sore, you're really putting in too, too much repetitions in the gym. You don't need to do that that much, um, especially as an everyday gym goer and, and just um, the everyday warrior who's just trying to be healthy, look good, and feel good. Um, but you do, you do want some muscle soreness. You do want to be feeling it a little bit the next day or the next two days to the point where like, oh, yeah, you know what? I worked out. Like that, that to me means that you are you are being intent with your workouts. You're not just going through the motions. Um, that means that you, you have some adequate form of stimulus on those muscles, and that's a good thing. So it, say you trained your legs on Monday, you did back on Tuesday, and you want to do um, legs again on Wednesday and you're feeling a little sore what you could do is warm up first do some trx air squat uh squats you can do some air body weight squats you can walk on the treadmill on an incline Um, you can do some uh dynamic stretches like they do for a baseball and soccer warm-up so some leg kicks leg swings uh knee tucks uh, maybe a few jumping jacks get the blood flowing see how the muscles start to feel Do a couple of sets, and you know, if you're really sore to the point where it's affecting your performance, you can tell that you really don't feel strong, you don't feel good. Skip it, you know, work out a different body part, or maybe swap it for a uh, low intensity uh, cardio session. So, hopping on that treadmill, um, maybe on an incline for 20 minutes, just so those legs can get some blood flowing in there um, and cycle out any of that uh, metabolic waste, um, which is just a fancy word for like the, the dead cells that occur and the acids that build up in the muscles after you train really hard, um, that will help clear that soreness. So then you can attack it the next day. Um, but a little bit of soreness is okay. You can work out with a little bit of soreness. If you're a natural athlete and you're not enhanced, um, you're going to have bumps, bruises, soreness, pretty much every time you walk in the gym, it's just part of, you know, building that body part of building muscle and getting stronger. Um, Especially like, for example, like say you're doing uh, um, a uh, push-pull session. So you're doing some uh, chest and back, and you have a schedule. So you do push-pull, you do uh, push on Monday, you do pull on Tuesday, you do legs on Wednesday, then you do uh, push again on Thursday, you do pull on Friday, and legs again on Saturday. You're probably going to carry over a little bit of soreness in some of those muscle groups for the next session. Not a lot, but a little bit, but just because your triceps are still sore from Monday – and on you know on Thursday you know maybe you know you you like feel like oh I can't you know do my presses but you probably can just get a good warm up in you'll be all right. Um, same thing goes for you know if you're an endurance athlete and, and you're running and you're training for a race or whatever the case may be you know your, your calves may be a little sore but do an active warm up do a little stretching get a little walking in some um, some uh, bounding exercise so just some you know some. Uh, jumping jacks or jump rope get the muscles firing again warm up see how you feel and normally the body's pretty good at, at, at um, you know getting through that soreness after the first semester a little bit and your body's just going to get stronger you know um, also incorporating a high protein diet um, the more protein you have uh, the more capability your body has at rebuilding that muscle tissue in a more optimal manner so just a little bit faster now does that mean a lot faster not necessarily um, unless you're injecting some stuff or taking some PEDs, you're still, even with a high-protein diet, going to battle some soreness. It's not like a magic bullet, but it does help. I'm a big believer in high-protein diet, um, not only for performance, but for weight loss as well. Um, I just see so much anecdotal evidence with my clients, and some of the research has been showing that high-protein diet is one of the you know best di- diets to follow in terms of um, getting strong and, and losing body fat and staying lean and and Enhancing performance and recovery. So, eating a higher protein diet is a way to possibly decrease soreness. But if you're training really, really hard, you're going to be sore, especially again as a natural uh, athlete or just you know everyday gym goer who's not taking any PDS. Um, And also, just another way to clear soreness pretty fast is um, with some active recovery. Now, I know that's a word that a term that you you know, you hear thrown around social media all the time, like, oh, I'm doing my active recovery in the gym, so I'm just going to go to the gym and roll around on a foam roller, you know, and maybe do some squats and some light kettlebell swings. All that's great, but really all you need to do is uh, some light stretching when you wake up in the morning and go for a walk, and that's going to be just as good as, like, um, all the You don't need to go to the gym to do an active recovery workout session. Just wake up in the morning, stretch your body out, Um, see how it feels. Go for a walk and go about your day. You don't want to be sitting down for long periods of time or laying down for long periods of time after a hard session the day prior. You want to, the day after a session, you want to be up and moving your body, stretching it, walking, getting the blood flowing so you can clear, again, that metabolic waste that builds up in the muscle tissue from a hard workout. Um, So I hope that answered your question. Uh, Another question here, that I have for hold on, let me get my phone back out from another client. Um, is uh, okay, so it's kind of similar. Okay, so our um, cool downs and post workout is important? They are actually important, they are very important, and I'll tell you why. Um, because when you train. And you train hard you're it's it's a stress on the body and especially if you're training hard if you really train hard. and um it's more of a sympathetic nervous system dominant activity um so that fight or flight response it's more so on that side well it is on that side than the parasympathetic nervous system so your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for calming you down and your sympathetic nervous system is responsible for getting you going getting you amped up firing those muscles and making, making you work hard um, and keeping the intensity up. And your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for calming you down, slowing the heart rate, relaxing the muscles. So when you work out really hard, you're activating that sympathetic nervous system. Okay, it's firing pretty hard. Those muscles are tense. Your heart rate's up. You're breathing heavy. Um, digestion has slowed down. Blood rushes to the muscles. And what you want to do after a hard workout is stretch, is breathe a little deeper. Slow down. Get relaxed. This is going to help you enter into a state of recovery uh, faster, quicker, because if you, you're you like super intense in the gym uh, and then you go straight into work and you're still all wired and your heart rate's still up and then you read that stressful email and then these things, you know, they just, you read that stressful text message, you hop on the phone, you get some bad news, whatever the case may be. Um, sometimes those things are unavoidable. I understand that emergencies don't happen, but you just continue the sympathetic nervous system response and you never escape it. Um, so you don't enter into a recovery phase that quickly. And that could extend for a long period of time. I mean, there's been times where I crushed a really intense workout, went straight into working again, and then got hit with something that stressed me out. And then I woke up the next day, just burnt out. And you just do this whole thing again. But what is a game changer is taking five to 10 minutes after your workout to lay down, stretch out. You can roll on a foam roll if you want, take some deep breaths, try and lower your heart rate, clear your mind, close your eyes for a second, and just reset yourself before you go about your day. Um, This will also complement your uh, recovering from muscle soreness, in a sense, a little bit. They kind of go hand in hand. Not so much. I mean, it's not going to never make you sore again, but it will help you enter into that recovery process faster, especially if you're going to eat after a workout, because eating is a parasympathetic dominant activity, the whole rest and digest thing that you've heard your entire life. Um, is true to an extent. If your sympathetic nervous system is firing all the time, it makes it extremely hard to digest food. And if you want to recover faster and build the best body you can and reach your goals and achieve your goals and increase your performance and feel better... You need to be digesting your food properly, okay? That's where we get our nutrients from in order to fuel our bodies and repair our bodies. So if your digestive system isn't working properly because all the blood is being sent to your muscles and your heart rate's up and your body's telling you to not digest this food because we're still in a fight or flight situation, um, then you're not going to be able to optimize your performance. So we want to try and get your body back into a parasympathetic state in order to digest food more efficiently so we can recover properly and make the gains that we want to make. Um, So those are the questions I have for today. Um, I'm going to pick up a book really fast. I like what I did with that last um, podcast where I read a quote from a book and discussed it uh, with you guys over this. So I think every solo episode that I do, I'm going to start doing that because I've read a lot of books. Um, I've read a few hundred books now. I don't say that to brag because most of them were bullshit anyways Um, But there were some that I carry around I will carry around for life because they've been so impactful uh, For me, so if you give me just one second here, okay I'm gonna find where I wanted to talk to you about so I'm gonna take a brief pause So you can check your phone if you want ready three two one pause for a second All right, guys, so I am back with this quote. Thank you for waiting for a second. So I'm going to read it out to you now. It's extremely powerful. Okay, here we go. We know the world only through our relationship to it. Therefore, to know the world, we must not only examine it, but we must simultaneously examine the examiner. That is some heavy stuff. That is saying that if you really, really want to understand the world and your relationship to it, you have to understand you. If you examine the outside world and everything in it, you have to start examining yourself. I think that is so powerful and I did a lot of this and I still do this to this day. I'm like, what is it that I want to do in this world? What's my purpose in this world? What kind of impact am I making in this world? How am I living this life? Am I living this life the best way? You know, What mistakes do I continue to make? How can I be better? How can I change this or change that? I'm someone who constantly looks in. And sometimes it's a bad thing to look in too much. I've gotten into some dark places from doing that. But I do think it's important really to think about who are you and like who do you want to be and live in this life? And a lot of times I think the simpler answer is the better answer. And if you're someone like me and you're just a little bit too introverted and you think too much, it might be bad for you to contemplate this question but I, or contemplate this statement. Um, because I think a simple life is a great life and I strive to be more simplistic but at the same time you know to read this quote again we know the world only through our relationship to it therefore to know the world we must not only examine it but we must simultaneously examine the examiner like what are you doing in this life can you do more do you like what you're doing you know can we change some things about it right And in this episode, in all these episodes, these solo ones, I'm here to help you get healthier. You know, can you get healthier in this life? Would that make you feel better? Would that make the world around you better? You know, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to be consistent? Are you willing to deal with some soreness in order to make yourself better so the world around you can be better? Because the better and healthier you are, the better experience you're going to have in this life. At least most of the time. There's some exceptions to that. But I think that's extremely powerful. Um, You know, if we're going to examine the world, we have to simultaneously examine the examiner. That's some wild stuff right there. Smart man, uh, pretty eclectic book. It's pretty out there. The Road Less Traveled by um, Scott Peck. Um, You know, there's some woo woo stuff in here, but it's got some fantastic. Fantastic perspectives that really make you think, and that's just a small example of it. Um, But we're creeping up on 30 minutes here, so I'm going to end this episode, guys. I hope you have a great week. We got a couple episodes dropping this week. Uh, Coach Tom is hopping back on the podcast this week, Uh, that episode will be available on Wednesday. Um, And then I have an awesome guest, um, Coach Greg. Uh, He's not a coach in the coaching program, but he's been a football coach his entire life. Um, He's the man. Uh, He is my father's best friend. He's an extremely uh, amazing um, guy, very well-respected, and he's had um, a a pretty pretty awesome life helping young men and men in general, Um, so I can't wait to have him on and talk about what it means to be a good man, a strong man, and um, a good friend, a good father, and just a, a good everyday guy. That's who this is. He is the man, and I'm so excited to have him on. I'm recording with him on Friday, so it'll be out um, probably next Monday. Um, Guys, if you have any questions, feel free to email them to me or to us, rather, at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. Health, fitness, mental health, social and career health, all the above. If you're interested in joining our program, you can send us an email, again, at that address, stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at stronggents_coaching. And Facebook at stronggents men's coaching. Have a great week, guys. Peace.